1: P-E-D-E-R-M dot
2: So how do we say this? Mike Pavolacci?
3: Oh, actually, that's a good question. I'm not sure.
1: Such a privilege to be here. Amazing I hate and, Nicky Gumbel. Mike. Mike
2: Nicky Gumble, something to do with us.
1: Over all these years and this church... At such an event, and think, how how many other churches around the country would have the same story? And um, humanly speaking, the Church of England owes me so much. Nicky's so, wife is vile. Mike
3: Pilavachi, Pillavacci. <laughs> I want
1: to pray. Pillavacci. Mike
3: Pillavacci.
1: I knew you'd do this. You
3: didn't. Um No. Oh, he's so vile! I just oh. Um, and
1: I just love.
3: You need to look him up on a video. He looks like a Jim Henson's creature Who? shot character. Who's Mike this? Pilavachi. He doesn't look real. He doesn't look like a real person. But I won't I won't make comments on his looks
2: in you, know. you
3: can. He looks exactly how you would imagine someone's look in this instance, but obviously not everyone because Carl Lenson looked like that.
2: Mike Pilavacci. That... Can I so we so can we open with Mike Pilavachi of Soul Survivor Tells a Story?
3: Pilavachi? Yeah, we can.
2: All right, and then I'll hand over to you. Just give me a second, so, because I I think we start right there. So okay, so. Revive. their leavers and believers. Welcome to Leaving Hillsong. My name is Tanya and we are taking a little step away from Hillsong sort of kind of today. We're going to talk about a recent set of events involving a really big movement in the UK known as Soul Survivor and a bunch of issues have just burst out recently. So I went and grabbed drops and he had been following it all on Twitter and he agreed to chat with me. Now we did this yesterday, Saturday morning. I'm still on first coffee here and my voice is a little shaky. It's a really, really interesting kind of parallel situation. I will make a bunch of analogies that may or may not make sense. Just keep scrolling with your ears, I guess. Because I couldn't help but be reminded how different things are when it's about men. And, you know, there's always a lot of conjecture, uh, heads up. There's, there's, you know, a a lot of uh, grooming behaviours described in this episode. The level of physical interaction may come across as minor but the dynamics are identical the more I read about this situation the favoritism the disappearing of people who were favorites you know the closed inner group the levels of control all that kind of stuff is the same and the impacts as you know are the same it's a it's a fascinating case that's happening right now and yeah, Soul Survivor had quite a lot to do with Hillsong United and it, at its beginnings because it's a youth festival movement at heart. So there's a bunch of crossover links and I do like us to jump around if you're new to this uh, semblance of a setup, Drops is Matthew Drapper, my UK friend and uh, correspondent. He comes from a fundamentalist background himself, which you can find out more about in uh, A Kind of Empathy. Draps tells his story there, but we just like to uh, shoot the breeze and um, review what we see in front of us. He's the author of two books. One's called Bringing Me Back to Me and the other released just at Christmas is Lesser Light. So welcome to Chocolate Cake. Mike Pilovacci, a soul survivor, tells a story of practising prophecy. He was very nervous and felt very unspiritual. He decided he would be more holy before the day so he could hear from God clearly. In fact, he forgot about the day which came around suddenly. On the day in the room in front of a couple, he listened as his friend who had a gift of prophecy, gave words to the couple. Then came Mike's turn. However, the only thing he could hear or see in his head was Abba singing Dancing Queen. He hoped the ground would swallow him up or that Jesus would return. Neither happened, so he duly gave his word. In the words of Abba, you can dance, you can sing. Having the time of your lives, there was a silence and then giggles from the couple. Do you want to know why we're laughing, asked the woman. Mike nervously agreed. Well, I started running a dance class at church a couple of weeks ago. and I was wondering whether I should keep on with it, came the reply. Drops, thank you so much for joining me late at night. Your time to explain to us or who is Mike Pilavachi and and why do I care? Why do I care this week?
3: Hello. Hello. Um, hello. Yes, we are absolutely rocked by scandal here in the UK, even though I think it is probably one of the least surprising pieces of evangelical news that I've probably ever heard in my life.
2: OK, because you've known this guy a long I mean, you've known about him a long time. I've only ever just heard of him. And it's everyone's saying that it's like impossible to estimate the extent of his influence. Tell me a story. Mm-hmm. Who is he?
3: Yeah, so Mike, I don't know too much about where he came from, but he he comes from uh, a sort of a Church of England kind of background. He's sort of linked into the Church of England. He's loved by the Methodists. He's connected to new wine. He's sort of got his fingers in all the different pies, all the different types of denominations in the UK and abroad all around the world as well. Like he used to travel like extensively he started a youth camp in the uk which was like the biggest movement sort of like youth movement and it was kind of like sure of the background like exactly when it started but by the 2000s it was just absolutely huge they had kind of two or three weekends a year where like thousands and thousands of young people would get together and camp out and then come to the big tent and sing and dance and there was miracles and speakers and music and um like the the a bit like hillsong the best like music new music writers songwriters producers everyone like that was was coming from soul survivor it was like the the center of that kind of worship holy spirit stuff like that in the uk during that era it was huge it was absolutely huge it it was absolutely huge honestly thousands and thousands of young people went there and they grew up and they became ministers and pastors and then you know they brought other people youth pastors and then you know thousands thousands and thousands and thousands of people went there and every night there would be like oh sort of 400 people have given their lives to god tonight like tomorrow maybe we can get more like And then the next day, it's like 500 more young people have given their lives to God. But it was all this charismatic movement. It was like, come to the front, come and get prayed for, come and get prophecy. I went, I only went once. Um, And it was in 2013, just before I, just after I'd come out and just before I moved to Sheffield and like went through lots of crazy stuff at charismatic church there. I had like this really brief encounter with Soul Survivor I went with the youth group at the church that I was a part of. Uh, the youth group I kind of led. And there was about five of us and we went. And we like we, we were kind of enjoying the mm. camping and we loved the worship. But we were like just staring at this, this guy on the stage. And his story is just absolutely aghast with our jaws just on the floor. Mike. Even back then, we just... This is Mike Pudovacchi, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, Everything
3: Mike. revolved around him. But he just the way that he was speaking I remember just finding it so like disrespectful of himself of okay. other people like
2: what do you mean? it's hard to estimate
3: exactly what it was like what it what it was mm-hmm. like but I'll give you an example so okay, uh, okay. on one of so one of the things that he used to love to do was mi- perform miracles on the stage and he would get like five or six kids we're talking kind of somewhere between like 13 and 18 you know age kids would come on the stage and he would be like so when we were there we saw him talking to somebody who had like a bad shoulder and um he said to the kid in front of a crowd of thousands of people estimate how bad the pain is is it like between one and ten and the kid was like oh it's like a nine and so then he prayed for this this guy's shoulder and then he was like oh tell me Like, how bad is the pain now? And the kid was like, well, it's more or less the same. And he was like, no, you could do better than that. Like, what how is God's healing you? Like, how do you feel like your arm is? And the kid was like, oh, maybe like a seven. Like, and and then he like prayed for him again. And there was just this kind of, I felt Mm. at that time, there was this kind of arrogant, like disrespectful thing going on. And I was like, ever since then, I've always just been like, hmm, I'm kind of waiting for something to happen here because it's, there's something a bit odd there was something odd in the whole atmosphere i love the worship like you know we all get caught up in that like i love that that Mm -hmm. scene it's just like when you're in hillsong people were lying on the floor there was laughter there was joy and yeah but there was something about it that it was insidious and before we even got there we read through the um the descriptions of like what you're supposed to do and not do when you're on the on the camp and there was all these rules about like boys and girls are like not allowed to go into each other's tents uh, and boys and girls are not allowed to like hold hands or um unless they're married I, I don't remember exactly what it was but they, we remember I remember reading like these really uh descriptive examples of like what you could and couldn't do and like it was all this like boys can do this and girls can do this and me and like my campmates because we were like quite sort of savvy and a bit outside of that kind of world were kind of a bit like what is going on and as we walked around the camp we were just constantly joking if we saw like a couple holding hands we were just like oh breaking the rules because it was so like the, that purity culture thing was so intense that we we just picked up on that in such a degree that we were like Ooh. oh you're breaking the rules you're holding hands yeah it was it was strange it was something a little bit strange about it and um i didn't really have much more interaction with it after that
2: and yet it turns out from what you're telling me that boys and boys are allowed to hold hands is that? Is that what's happened? Because there's been some stuff came out this week uh, that's kind of confirmed your odd um, vibe, your odd feelings that you had there. Yeah, do you want to give us the old news report, please?
0: I mean, just you know,
2: you know so much more about this and you're familiar with it and stuff. Well, I've
3: been following it for a few weeks because there was an announcement about three weeks ago that. an investigation had been begun into um, Mike Pillavacci from um, Soul Survivor, and I was like, "Well, this is not surprising," but the so an incredible somebody incredible on Twitter called God Loves Women was doing these incredible breakdowns of like the announcements that were coming out of Soul Survivor Watford, which is his church, and also the announcements that were coming from the Church of England. She was looking at them and going, there's a lot of minimising going on here. Mm -hmm. They're obviously trying to cover something up. So it's obviously something bad. And then somebody I was uh, following.
2: No, well, just quick shout out to God Loves Women on Twitter for covering Mark Driscoll. Uh, in 2016 so this person has been uh, very committed and thank you sorry please continue
3: god loves women on twitter is absolutely incredible the work that she does um into like looking at statements that churches make and then going well actually this is minimizing this is victim blaming this is like and she's just incredible how she can just see through stuff yeah wonderful yeah really admire her shout Um, out
2: thank you sorry to interrupt you there
3: yeah yeah so at the beginning we didn't know what it was exactly that happened there was a report of uh, like just in quotation marks inappropriate massages we just that's all we knew and then i got one of the one guy on twitter was looking at the website and watching it really carefully and he could see that they were making deletions so every couple of days like he would go on and something had been deleted
2: Oh. So, oh.
3: oh. There was all these references to uh, people like Andy Croft, who's kind of Mike Pellavachi's, like, number two. And he's actually the son of one of the, I think, like the the second most important bishop in the UK. And there was originally a reference on the website saying, like, oh, he joined Mike's team when he was a teenager and became an intern. And that got deleted. So people were like, okay, so something's going on here with the interns because there's a reason why it's still being deleted from the website.
2: But do these people honestly think that they can go around deleting and i mean i was thinking about it in the old days and just how much room these people had to move before anything got back do you know what i mean if you did something Mm -hmm. in lower hut in new zealand in the 70s it might take 50 years to come out but guess what boys now mm, sorry yeah (laughs) no you're
3: right yeah it's crazy that they thought that they could just they could just delete it. But obviously the internet archives everything. So this guy was like, look, they've taken these whole sections about interns off the website. So we we were beginning to kind of put together a picture of like what had happened, but we didn't know for sure. And then at the weekend, uh the telegraph in London, uh the the the, the main telegraph, <laughs> the British Telegraph, put the Daily Telegraph, sorry, put out an article about where some of the survivors and and the victims had actually spoken up about what happened and what was going on behind the scenes was that according to them, allegedly, Mike had his little team of interns and then he had his favorites and he would like pick out one or two of the boys to like sometimes live at his home to be like his like number one. They were called like Mikey's boys, like, and for some of them, they were also being encouraged to to have naked not naked they're wearing underwear but like to to have like body oil massages from mike pelavachi who would straddle them and do full body massages of them this is you know what they're alleging i mean
2: he's not um um jack sprat could eat no fat is he i mean he's a he's a large fellow he's 65 years old now and he's not i mean he's, he's he's not small is he i mean he's a big deal if he's massaging you i suppose it's
3: not yeah i think it's he obviously like he has a, a strong presence and people will do what he asks them to do and he is the voice of god like he is being made a canon in the church of england and you know he's kind of the bishops love him everybody loves him. He has this like intense level of power and connection to god and uh, he's not a Carl lance let's say He's not got mm-hmm. that kind of magnetic mm-hmm. attraction in that mm-hmm. way. Um, no, but this is the thing: you can't just assume that because somebody is like athletic, good-looking, that they are, you know, abusive or or more likely to take advantage of somebody than than anybody else.
2: Well, well just when you said like he, so you know, oiling them up mm. and straggling them is is scary when you see the size of this guy. And I there mean-
3: was a lot of wrestling. Apparently, like it would just be normal for them to have like a meal together with like you know various staff there various interns and then for like the lads and him to wrestle with him being like 40 and then being kind of like maybe 20 at the most
2: oh that's just you know boy fun isn't that just boy fun i mean some people have come back to us with the uh the nudie run thing that we discussed last week Mm -hmm. having a a youth group and you know just saying doesn't always have to be sinister why can't grown men and 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 boys take their clothes off and and run around in the dark together i mean come on isn't that just male frat party
3: yeah it just Mm. the nutty runs like from hillsong just took me by such surprise to be honest i was so shocked when i heard about that on your last podcast because it's there's um a pattern to it because the the it there was the irwin camps they were in the uk um they were these like they would get like the most elite boys from the most elite schools and they'd bring them to these camps in the summer and they would like there'd be loads of nakedness there'd be loads of like um late night naked swimming and Uh like running around and like just it's just odd and it, it strikes me that that pattern is there again with you know, with Hillsong Youth and what you were saying, at uh, what Scott was saying to you last week, that it's just like this lack of boundaries, this lack of understanding of like, you know, my body is mine, my body finishes here and your body is here and your body starts there. And like, we make choices about what we do with that.
2: So part of this uh, was, was about Mike's um, stance on his own sexuality, right? Like this soul survivor mm-hmm. stuff is predicated on this guy being, what 100% straight up and down honest guy he's just he's not married to anyone is he he's uh
3: that's right he always described himself as celibate he was like I'm celibate so why can't you be he 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 was like probably he could be described as like the UK's most famous like celibate person who discusses that and people were always like he's so brave and cool how he like he doesn't have a wife he doesn't have You know he's not come out as gay but he actually like openly discusses this stuff and people really admired that he would do that and that he would go on stage and be like hey you know it's tough i i'm tempted by women or i'm tempted by people and you know i don't do anything and you kids you shouldn't do anything too and obviously what comes about and what and for me this is like the least shocking thing ever is that that was not true behind the scenes from what is being now alleged And I, I'm just not surprised by that because it happens every single time that you get like somebody who now that now Soul Survivor was always a bit cagey on how they, you know, where they stood on homosexuality, for example, because they wanted to like be popular, I guess. Um, I can't speak too much to it, but I know that it varied over the years. So at some points they were like very openly homophobic. And then other years they, they, they were kind of like, we don't really talk about it. We don't really have a, 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 a solution to it. But Mike himself was listed on a, on a website called Living Out, which is like a UK kind of conversion therapy website. And okay. he was like recommending them saying, I love this website, I love the work they do. And over the weekend that was swiftly removed from the Living Out website of recommendations. And I emailed them and said, why did you remove it? And they said, we were just thinning out our recommendations Aww. on our website. So I was like, okay, sure, of course you were. But just a restructure, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, every, it's not our place to speculate on somebody's sexuality, you know. And
2: no, but he made a big deal out of it, right? Like, look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm great. I'm fantastic. This is my movement. You can be like me.
3: He never came out and said, you know, I'm gay, but I'm celibate. Like, no. that's never been his route. He's never done that. You know, so the implication was that he was straight, but he was celibate. But, you know, he never talked about things like being asexual or not being attracted to people. He was very much of this. You could be attracted, but you must resist. Like we can resist. You must not you must not fall for temptation. Uh, should we let's talk about maybe his his cake story. Should we talk about the cake?
2: Look, now as good a time as any to um, to share that, that special fairy tale.
3: Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when they think of Mike Pilavachi, they immediately think of this story about the cake, the cake in the fridge. And what is the cake in the fridge? I hear you ask. Mm -hmm. It's not funny, really. But it's for me, it's like a really a good illustration of like where purity culture was at in that sort of 2000s to 2020 kind of era.
2: Seems not to age, but yeah, it's the same old
3: so the thing was at that point they were very open about sexuality in that like they were like yeah people are attracted to people whereas before that they might have been more like okay we don't talk about this so in a way that was a step towards having those conversations about sex and sexuality but in reality, it was just so icky. So uh, I managed to find a transcript. I think I I can't speak to how accurate it is, but this is a transcript I found on a website of the cake story. So it said, this summer, I went to an event in the UK called Soul Survivor. And I want to share a story with you, which Mike Pilavachi told us there. I had this triple chocolate cake for my friends that were coming over, and it was in the fridge to thaw out. I went to get a glass of water and thought, Why don't I just open up the door and check on it and see how it's doing? I opened the door and I was taken aback because the cake said, hello, Mike. So I said, hello, triple chocolate cake. How are you doing? Not too bad. And yourself? I'm fine. We continue to talk about these normal things that cake and people talk about, like what is it like being human? And what is it like being a cake? After a while, I said, well, I'm tired. I really only came for a glass of water. I must get to bed. Don't leave me. It gets so boring here with only a couple of fruits to talk to. You know, they don't converse very well. Well, what am I to do? I asked. I know. Take me out of the fridge and put me on the counter. We can have a nice chat. Then you can put me back, he replied. So we talked for a while and then I said, listen, Cakey because by this time we were getting intimate. Are you defrosted? There's only one way to tell. He said, stick your finger in my cream and have a little taste. It will only be a little taste. We can cover it over again with more cream. And I thought, well, it's all right. I mean, we weren't taking it all the way. So I stuck my finger in Keiki's cream and had a lick. Then I said, well, your cream is defrosted. But I want to know, are you deep frosted deep down in your middle? He said, well, there's only one way to know for sure. Why don't you cut off a small slice of me and taste it to see? I can't do that, I responded. But no one will ever know. You could just cover it back up with icing, he said.
2: Have so it, I got out my
3: knife and I took as small a slice as I could muster. That night, one thing led to another and Keiki and I became one flesh the plate with its spongy crumbs the spoon with little bits of cream and the knife all screamed murderer i thought what have i done i killed cakey as i lay in bed that night tossing and turning i knew what went wrong i opened the fridge door now you may have picked up that mike was not talking about chocolate cake in this parable no
2: no so you're not yeah you're not a middle-aged woman so you don't <laughs> like he was right but there's other stuff going... like you know I don't have those conversations with the cake she was so mm-hmm. done and dusted but uh mm, well okay um what the hell I don't know what was the response to that story from uh, people El- went
3: wild El- for it people went wild for it people loved it Hot. it was like people thought it was the most hilarious thing i think uh, you know with him being like a larger gentleman and him talking about his, like, lust for cake, people were like, oh, this is hilarious. This is the best thing ever. People just found it really funny and really hilarious. And Mm-mm. it's just leave that, I want to say bad taste in your mouth. It really is just, Mm-mm. it's this thing. And it's this, this is what frustrates me about purity culture. It's this idea that in a relationship, Or in a lust encounter there's you and then there's this evil sexy being that is trying to tempt you to do something that you don't want to do and if you look at it then you're going to do it and if you engage with it then you're going to do it and if you and then and it's also this thing where it's like okay instead of having healthy relationships with other people i'm going to put up all these boundaries but then one day the boundaries will slip and I will go yeah. and have sex and then I will go, oops, I'm so sorry. Why did I do that? I'm such a terrible person. I feel so guilty. I'm so sorry, God. I do apologize. God will say you're forgiven. And then he will be back to square one, put all the boundaries back up again. And then, oops, I've done it again. I feel so guilty now. Like, but you could actually have been having like healthy relationships, whether they're sexual relationships or not, based on your choices and your decisions and your interaction with that person. And also the other person exists like they're not a cake they're not just a sexy evil like that is a that's supposed to be a person and you're supposed to be yeah you know so for mike you know uh, in these alleged scenarios assuming that he has these temptations towards wanting to be intimate with people and he's like no 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 suddenly he finds himself body oil in hand and it's like no because It's not just a case of like, he shouldn't have opened the fridge, but he should know that like, you don't.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. That's have not...
2: chocolate cake in there in the first place? I mean, who's doing his shopping? I mean, that's we, we need to we need to dig further deeper. What was it? You never even asked. Why was the chocolate cake there? Yeah. Who put it there? Who led that? But also,
3: cake? yeah. Uh, uh, but but also the chocolate cake can be there. That's not a problem. The chocolate cake was never the problem in the scenario whatsoever. Because I mean I mean, you know, for a start, it's a terrible mm. attitude to have towards food because you know yes. you should be yes. making good, healthy choices about what you eat. It doesn't mean that you can't have chocolate cake and that all that there's something wrong with you for wanting and desiring something. You know, you absolutely desire chocolate cake, absolutely desire it, to have sex, healthy choices.
2: It just sounded like such an American story as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I really do think that most people have compulsive behaviors. So there's this whole idea of addictive personalities and mm-hmm. some, you know, like some people are and some people aren't. I really think, you know, Everybody's got really strong compulsive behaviors, things things they really want. Food, driving, success, sex, fame, um, money, power, whatever. Um, and it comes out one way or another. And you know, this is this is a very, very sad situation. Now, before, and I did say to you briefly last night, I I mean, I have to say here, look, this is we've advanced, we've evolved now, and now that there is a a hint of a fresh scandal there are stricter there are stricter kind of protocols being applied there are less excuses being made i mean i read through a thread on twitter at you know with somebody really weighing up the whole thing you know they were saying they used to they were a youth leader that took kids to Soul survivor were they totally duped were they scammed uh was this any good at any point and i think it's really important we're going to have to have discussions about those two things existing at the same time that
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, there were things that were, I don't know, beneficial that people can, I don't know, take away and use later. But having to look at the dark stuff in the face at the same time is going to be the challenge because it doesn't mean that whole thing was, I don't know, like you know, what I mean? it doesn't mean that whole thing was destined from the beginning to be an evil force of darkness, but you know, how, how people can rationalise this stuff or or reconcile this stuff, I guess, is the word. And there's also cries, uh, as we heard from um, God Loves Women on Twitter, to, you know, say something. There can't be any kind of just keeping quiet about this, just watching what happened, don't want to say, you know, the victims, the people are tired tired of this. So I think that it's really important and it's wonderful that the, the magnifying glass is on this really close up but I did say to you last night like we've had hundreds mm-hmm. of years of women just being burnt at the stake you know absolutely misused by by religious orders and I know the males have mm-hmm. too but it's just it's just funny I have to say it reminds me of when we had the HIV crisis and Ronald Reagan in his presidency did not use the word AIDS, did not say the word AIDS for seven years of his of his presidency, and mm-hmm. as soon as as soon as HIV started uh, filtering into the heterosexual community, as soon as it started happening to decent straight boys, as it were, then there was a conversation about it, and it just. Mm-hmm has to remind my uh, little OK Boomer self about this because it's like, well, Mike made some men uncomfortable. Did he? Were the boys feeling a little bit uncomfortable? Like they had a bit of wrestling, felt a bit awkward. Did they? Welcome to our world. Right, that's my bit of spiel out there. Did any of that make mm. sense?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Well,
2: say something, young man.
3: I think, I think it's like, <laughs> you know, we've become so inoculated against finding it shocking when yeah. things happen to women yeah. in a way and that's terrible and i think that people like the press and people in the church are just like and this is this is you know they were like ah gay scandal like we can do a gay Aww. scandal about this like okay we love a gay scandal so we're gonna drag out a gay scandal across the press because like there's nothing the press love more than an outing like they just love what? it they love to do it and so you know the, the you know they see something about you know a, a priest has abused a woman like yeah we've done that story yeah, so they just yeah. they don't want to run the story but they're like gay scandal you say
2: Yeah, but, Mm. but, but, but this isn't about, I mean, this is about fine, young, decent, straight Christian men being preyed upon and Mm -hmm. that cannot happen. We can't let that happen. I mean, for women being uncomfortable and someone walking around with some massage oil is part of like morning, morning tea at work. You know what I mean? Like it's just, we've been Mm -hmm. uncomfortable our entire existence, but it is, it's incredibly useful and I've i mean at the same time it often takes situations like this where the people with the most power and privilege in culture when they're harmed then you know the issue of harm comes to light and i guess you know that's how that cakey crumbles um sometimes Mm. i guess
3: yeah i I hear you
2: i've been so carried away with the chocolate cake and the deep frosted deep deep down because he sounds like he needs a couple of minutes in the microwave on defrost himself, poor Mikey. But uh the hell's this got to do with Hillsong? I think um they were big um Hillsong United supporters, Soul Survivor. I think they were the first people that posted them at the at the thing or something. Like it's a big old I read London new yeah. Hillsong, Soul Survivor, big old mosh pit there, isn't it?
3: Well, I saw um, they, I mean, people love to use Hill, the Hillsong brand to get the newspaper articles sold. Mm. So I saw somebody say like Britain's answer to the to Hillsong mm. scandal. So they were obviously just using that for clicks. But in one of the Telegraph articles, it says he also had close links with Hillsong United, a worship collective that originated as part of the Hillsong church and formed in 1998 as part of its youth ministry. The global megachurch based in Australia is currently facing allegations of tax evasion and fraud. Its founder, Brian Houston, resigned last year following an internal investigation which found he had behaved inappropriately towards two women, which obviously. However, Hillsong is also famed for its contemporary worship music and has boosted a roster of A-list celebrities to its U.S. services, including music stars Bono, Justin Bieber, Kanye West and Selena Gomez, as well as TV stars and models Courtney Kardashian and Kylie and Kendall Jenner. Mm. uh reverend canon pilavachi reverend canon mm. um mm. i mean people get all these titles and then it's like how do you mm. go up against mm. them i mean the bravery of these people to speak out against it would be like coming out against a bishop or you know it's like as high okay. as you can get really is
2: it, uh, uh, reverend, mean, sorry mm. is, it, is tell me the hierarchy there because i see reverend canon and i think well that's fancy what does that mean sorry power wise. <laughs> i
3: think i'm not 100 sure but it's like i think it's an honorary i i really don't know all of the things but it is it's a big title it's
2: a big deal yeah. you get big, the bishops
3: you a get big a big
2: Reverend. Yeah, get yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: it's a high one it says reverend canon pilavachi was one of the first people to bring hillsong united to the uk and would frequently fly to australia to give sermons so i guess he was on that you know Line talk for pay thing that we were talking about recently. Both organisations have nurtured musical talent that has led to the creation of leading worship albums. Much of this talent in the UK was fostered at the annual week-long Soul Survivor festivals. So they, mm. you know, they they brought out Matt Redman. I don't know if you would have heard of him. Tim Hughes. Those those were kind of our big names in the same way that you have your mm-hmm. big uh, Hillsong names in Australia. They did, you know, they wrote the new worship songs. They were sung every single Sunday. You know. In the uk it's it's massive it's the it's absolutely like the size of it that okay. it's huge and you know very close links to alpha course Nikki gumball very close links to the archbishop of canterbury very close links to all these people wh- who a lot of whom have still remained silent what have they matt said? redman, matt what redman and Gumbel and tim that? hughes hey, well
2: Nikki, what you got to say about uh, your colleague then anything nothing something
3: Nikki Gumbel, very, very quiet.
2: Quiet, yeah. staying quiet, staying with her. Archbishop it's of Canterbury is
3: fairly difficult, you know, busy, I suppose, during the coronation. Busy,
2: busy and... But Does in the mean... UK,
3: the whole no. uh, Church of England safeguarding institution is, like, really cracking apart. And, like, I mean, it might just be 12 of us on Twitter, but we fe- it <laughs> feels like the whole <laughs> thing is in, in scandal and is cracking apart.
2: What do you mean cracking apart, the UK safeguarding, sorry?
3: so the safeguarding in the uk that the church of england does is supposed to be about safeguarding like children safeguarding um vulnerable adults and you go to them and you bring a complaint and they deal with it but in the uk it seems lately like they have a lot of what they've been doing certainly with the cases that i've been following have been just preventing people from moving forward getting the lawyers involved um preventing information sharing from one group to another to, to, you know, to independent investigators, things like that. They were supposed to bring on this new independent team who were going to take over a lot of the, you know, to kind of investigate the investigations to make sure they were going well. And then they put the head of safeguarding as the head of the independent team. Like the whole thing just seems like it's really just brewing okay. a scandal. Okay. And what I've seen is people saying, okay, but who do we actually... know we we've experienced something we're told to go and speak to the safeguarding team but we don't trust them anymore so who do we even talk to So that's that's a nightmare it's like
2: they created this
3: perfect storm
2: yeah fantastic i'm just it's it's really it's really actually exciting to see the level of scrutiny and tenacity that you know because we used to be like oh well you noticed us and sort of maybe acknowledged that You know, you set our lives on fire. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry to, but but no, next gen is like, "Mm -mm, we'll be waiting right here until you come back with a satisfactory answer. Thank
0: you. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: And that's, and that's, and that's really wonderful. And I think that's the takeaway from this. Like, I was joking, half joking, not joking about, you know, women in history and that kind of thing, because that's just where it was at. Uh, And honestly, like, people used to complain that. The atheist movement had been started by, you know, white, privileged, educated, wealthy, upper-class men. But who else is going to do it but the people with the power and the privilege to drag it into the, the public's attention? The other thing is, is that Pilavati's response has been to step back and to resign. He, he certainly hasn't come out the same, <clears throat> the same way as, say, Brian Houston with, you know, uh, blaming and, and yelling and throwing mud and and refusing mm-hmm. to stop and offering a resignation and not expecting and expecting people to run out of the room following like a girl crying at a party, you know? Uh come back, come back, what's wrong, honey? No. Do you know what I mean? He's this is obviously what quite serious then if he's taken a step back and well I can't right.
3: we can't really speculate on what's going on behind the scenes with him, but people who know him do have described him as as sort of like the opposite of Brian Houston in that he is humble and you know, this is how he's described, is as humble and as kind of loving and sort of a caring father and like just all but, these kind of descriptions. And obviously with, with with the other knowledge that we have now, it kind of makes it very icky but mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's very opposite to the Carl Lentz's and the the Brian Houston. So it kind of just goes to show that, you know, like all these organizations with this theology and this kind of this treatment this celebrity pastor thing, you know, it can happen to anyone. They don't have to be this, this full on narcissist, Brian Houston vibe.
2: Yeah. You yeah. don't
3: have to be this like sexy, cool Kyle, Carl uh, Lentz vibe, you know, but, it's it's still happening but and what i i have yet to see much discussion of the theology so everyone's like well this has happened in this one case it's so shocking i shouldn't have brought my kids to soul survivor because it happened in this one place no this is the big theology of that era yep. it, was, it was flawed yep. it was poisoned
2: yep yep and i honestly what i the more and more time i spend with people and the more i read all i see is you know this huge movement that is just full of perpetrators and predators and their men and they're targeting other men another of the time and you know it has such profound effects that i'm sure there is some level of abuse in mike's background that is going to come out uh you know and he has spent the last 50 years trying to deflect from that by doing good because it's a story I hear over and over and over. But Mm -hmm. then those power problems never really go away and, you know, they they spill out somewhere. I mean, I think the other thing is being British. Mm I know he's a Greek. It's just funny because, like, the Brits are so well-behaved and stuff and then something always kind of explodes. No, that's not that to happen.
3: yeah i mean there is a britishness to it but when you i mean when you read about the kind of the places that the prime minister grew up in went to the posh boy schools yeah. and stuff like yeah. that the Britishness doesn't seem to exist in that space it just seems to be like nutty okay. runs and weird <laughs> behavior like you mm-hmm. know a lot of those there seems to be like this kind of like i suppose it's like an external presentation of britishness and then behind the scenes it's just like <laughs> we've been uh, we've been like you know injured but we won't tell anyone because we're so british so we're gonna like just move forward. And i don't mean that of the survivors that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about like you know in terms of leaders they've like they've been damaged in some way but they can't go to therapy or do what they need to do to get it sorted or like you know show emotion so instead they just seem to be bottling it up and then yeah and like you say doing you know incredible work but and why you know and this is the, the story that we see over and over again is.
1: that is
2: purity culture yeah Mm -hmm. it's I don't know I don't know if I articulated that properly but I just you know Mm -hmm. there's just case after case after case and it just has such profound effects
3: and I started explaining just a couple of the stories around this stuff to one of my non-Christian friends and before I'd even kind of got through like two paragraphs they were like and uh was he abusing these interns and I was like oh, you've kind of, you got ahead of me there, but like, mm. yeah, this is what was happening in that environment. And he was like, yeah, it's no surprise because, and, you know, whenever you describe the stuff that goes on inside Christian environments, prophecy, you know, like, oh, some of it is crazy. And when you, when you, well, not, not crazy, but when you explain it to other people, they're like, that could be taken in a really abusive way. So I know that Mike would go up to people, it has been described on Twitter, that he would go up to people and say, God says you're going to join our team kind of thing, like those kind mm. of prophecies. You know and also there's this whole generation now of people who are like well i went to Soul survivor and god prophesied that i would become a minister and now i'm a minister like my whole life is based on the foundation of what this person said oh, to me wow. and okay so that's been that's been shaking people to their very core like really scaring people in the uk in the last couple of weeks and i really really feel for people i really really do
2: i've got some experts uh coming up but there's got to be a way to face both aspects at the same time it's almost like a like a bad relationship you know where you were so sure of somebody and then one day you look at them and go wow i just let all these things go and now we're here with this actual emergency and
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's it's cognitively horrific tell me what else we need to know i feel bad enough have let you go to bed or something i don't know
3: yeah it's quite late it's like yeah it's coming up to one and I have the I have a coronation to get to um I'm talking of Queen Charlotte from Bridgerton of course Um, Ah! (laughs) I think at, at the end of the day we need to remember that this is about the you know I know that survivors and victims don't want to be seen as like brave but this is bravery and it is you know, to go up against one of the most beloved characters in the UK yeah. scene must have been the most difficult thing to do. And the fact that they've been believed by the press is incredible. And you know, we believe them. Like, they must know, like, we do believe them. And we're having those discussions now because of what they've done. And I really hope that, obviously, I hope that there, there aren't other you know victims in this case because at the end of the day the less people who are harmed the better but I hope that if there are they will now be able to find ways to begin to heal and begin to recognize what happened and what was okay and what wasn't okay and where their boundaries are and where they aren't and what they want to do with that and that sort of thing because that's the journey that that we're all on
2: yeah wonderful and huge shout out to the people who have spoken you know I have noticed this real like I said that Real evangelical kind of guilt about not going out there and telling as many people as possible and confessing your kind of
1: sin mm-hmm. of,
2: of you know it's it's not a sin to stay quiet uh, and look after your mental health, but there are people that sorry, I mean, my feeling is very much that the people who have benefited from the systems when things were good have a responsibility. We can't make any money. Have a responsibility mm-hmm. to actually take a stand and say something publicly because there are so many people who who can't even speak who can't even think about some of the stuff they've been through so it you know it always really really counts and we you know we will demand higher standards from people who either sit on the fence or you know don't mm. want to rock the boat or any metaphor you want to take it so i don't think it's it's good enough anymore and 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 this episode shows that do you know it, and I think it we do, to cut off early
3: yeah i think we demand a really high response you know we put a high responsibility on the people who've put that on themselves as well so they're like you know i am god's almighty voice on earth the bishop of canterbury yes. for example yes it's like you know did god not tell you something about this like well, at the time like speaking from god you but didn't, you didn't see it
2: But even if he didn't and all you knew was where people should spend their money and what land you needed to buy, now you can say something. And, Mm. you know, if you've been taking the paycheck, ding, every every month or second, whatever it is, guess what? Guess what? That counts. Also,
3: I want to see this investigation. Uh, like i want to see somebody putting money into making sure that people go out to the foreign countries that mike went to and they check on the young people from those places because if you know they need to go to all of the organizations that he's been a part of and they need to find out what has happened there as well because a lot of this stuff is like all these people like, you know, are like, if something's happened to you, then you come to us and tell us. No, that's not how it should work. Like the Nine. money should go into making the effort to go out and find what has happened, you know, and, and start contacting people, you know, start doing it. That's
2: yeah, absolutely. It worry. I just I mean, There needs to be a system that is implemented every single time. This is what we do. This is, do you know what I mean? It's enough of this oh, yeah, well, we conducted an internal investigation and found nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm done.
3: And I know that there's people who are worried about the whole, like, you know, oh, we've all judged the situation immediately based on the voices of just a few people. But I think what it says about us and the way we've seen it is that this is the logical outcome of that theology and that behaviour. Therefore, it seems logical that this has happened where you know that's that's the judgment that we're making if that makes sense yeah we're not just saying we hate this person we're not just like oh blah 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 we're just saying you know this person was behaving in this way was teaching these things was holding people to a standard that they could never have got to themselves was kind of you know operating in this cult-like atmosphere of course it was going to happen. So when it came out, we're like not surprised by it. And I think that's why people are very, very quick to go. Yeah, that's this makes that tracks.
2: Well, the literature has demonstrated for a long time that if you have fundamentalist religious beliefs and you mix that with alcohol, you will get child abuse. That it's the formula. Mm-hmm. It's the, You know, there are certain social predictions, uh, you know, it's. It's not exactly a science, but I'll tell you what, it's not far off. Thank you so much for your time. You'll keep us up to date. If anything scandalous suddenly happens, you'll come flying in the door, won't you?
3: Of course. I'm always here to chat to you. And people should definitely follow God Loves Women on Twitter. Yeah, um, who's Just yeah. doing the most best analysis of this at this time.
2: Uh, I'm going to go see what's uh, what's in the fridge when I open the door.
3: I've got to go. Bye then.
2: And isn't that a wonderful hornet's nest of snakes or a snake pit of hornets or, I, you know, whatever way you want to look at it, it's immeasurable. And uh, it'll have an impact for years and years to come, such is how we are. Thank you so much for staying with us and chatting with us, being a part of this conversation I know I don't know a lot about this particular organisation and the links compared to a bunch of you so my apologies if I got it wrong and if you're alarmed by something contained do make yourself known please. Always open to feedback here. Another thing this episode has raised again is this topic that seems to be coming up more and more as dust settles and people get you know, back into the routine and after the, you know, immediate shock of what is this, you know, the questions linger like who stayed loyal to what and who was responsible for what and can two things be true at the same time and what's that all about? And so for a long time, I've been hinting at extra content because I actually had some tech problems, but those have now been resolved. So please stay tuned to social media. I found the most fantastic expert on the system of enabling where you've got a a perpetrator at the top and then you've got that entire system of people you know who take up various roles in making that system thrive and in covering up and concealing where it's gone wrong and when I found this person I was so blown away by the level of his work that I just I just couldn't proceed happily you know he doesn't get any kind of tangible recognition for the 15 years of work that has gone into developing this theory so i'm going to take advantage of the platforms plus program where you can purchase one-off episodes leaving hillsong we try to do everything the opposite of hillsong and i don't actually have an honorarium for anyone anyway the conversations that we've had so far and the ones that will continue are just so so valuable so I know you'll support that and it's just so important to me that the people that do the hard work behind the scenes get recognized as well. And not just with like a away from the stage it's an incredibly difficult decision monetizing things trying to make things sustainable but yeah a lot of thought and effort has been put into this and even more <laughs> graphics so really really looking forward to this there is some excellent wisdom in this and it's applicable to so many situations in life it's you know not just evangelical centric it's churches it's all kinds of closed systems or power hierarchies where more than one person benefits and the benefits range and change and so the people in that system so yeah if you're struggling to make sense of what just happened and how can good people be in a bad system or bad people turn a good system how does that work these will be the pods for you and there's loads more that's just a start there will of course be regular free to air content this will just be extra bonus stuff thank you for staying with us please keep your feedback coming please keep being kind to yourselves and kind to the people around you and keep leaving hillsong it's been really cool talking to people about their different reasons so you know you don't have to justify anything to anyone definitely not to us but the process is just so so interesting hey why people stay and how and when they leave what makes them leave it's just it's so so different all around and you can keep doing it it takes a while yeah you know, just keep a look out and we'll talk soon bye